Good morning and welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita and today is Friday, October the 23rd, 2020. As always, I give thanks to God for you, for what he is doing in your life and in the lives of your loved ones, all of the people, places, and things that are connected to you. Um, I had started recording and then I got tongue-tied and started over, but as I was Thinking about this earlier, and when I first said it, just literally a few minutes ago, I saw a vision of a um, a vision of an orchestra, and the conductor who is is elevated. He usually stands on something, so everyone in the orchestra can see him. And he conducts the orchestra. He he lets the violins know when to come in at a certain time. And he lets the cellos know, those who play the cello, when to come in at a certain time. And as he does these things, as he does these things, there are times in our lives that, that everything is running smoothly. All of the pieces have come together. And then there are times in our life where we feel like, we're just playing alone. And then there are times when we know that God is adding certain things. And then there are times when we know that while the violin is still playing, the cello is stopped or the cello is put on hold or the cello might be done for the remainder of the concert. But whatever the case may be, we know that God is the conductor, that God is in control, that he is sovereign. And so what does that mean? Because we are in Christ, because we are in Christ, the conductor, the one who rules over us, the sovereign God, the almighty God, the all knowing God is in control. So think it not strange as he connects you to people as he has you intercede for places as you give to things organizations or you pray about foundations and non-for-profits think it not strange when pieces begin to move in your life as the conductor takes control if you allow him to If you allow the conductor to take control, that is exactly what he will do because he knows he has an ear. He knows when it's time to pull the cello in and when the violin has to increase its sound or decrease its sound or fade away. He knows. And sometimes we're just so focused on our our instrument or our lives, we don't see how God is pulling all the things together. So on this Friday, allow him to pull all the pieces together in your life. All of the people, all of the places, all of the things, allow him to direct you in whatever state you find yourself in. Be content in that state. Learn how to praise and worship God in that state. Yes, cry if that's what you have to do. Yes, 
you know, call some intercessors who you can share what you're going through with and let allow them to pray for you and be in agreement with you about the things that you're believing God for. Allow God to comfort your heart. Allow God to hold you. Allow the Holy Spirit to encourage you. Go through what you have to go through as a human being because none of us are supernatural. We're supernatural, yes. We are supernatural beings, but we have to go through this world. So don't don't ever get to a place where you act like you can't grieve or you act like your heart can't be broken or you act like you may find yourself in a place where you lose um, your character for a second, but then you reel yourself in. Be human while you're here. Jesus was human while he was here. He, cre- he, cr- he cried. The word of God says Jesus wept. He cried while he was here. He prayed so hard in the garden of Gethsemane, y'all these braces. He prayed so hard that that the word of God said that it it was like, uh, it was like sweat was like blood dripping. That's how hard he prayed because he asked God to let the cup pass from him. But if not, let it be your will, God, and not mine. So don't ever act like you, you can't be in that place. But be in that place and then move from it knowing, knowing that God's got you, that the hand of God is on your life. Now, I don't know where all that came from this morning, but I want to encourage somebody as I encourage myself. That this life we're in, it's but a vapor. So enjoy it while you're here. Don't live recklessly. Because that's the flip side of enjoying life. People believe they've got to live recklessly to enjoy it. The devil is a liar. You can still be in Christ and still enjoy your life. So enjoy your life in God. Enjoy your life in God. Knowing that your ultimate goal is for eternal life. Don't have all your fun here and bust hell wide open. (laughs) Have fun here and have fun in heaven. Amen. So I don't know who I said who that was for, but amen. We praise God anyhow. So I'm picking up in Ezra chapter eight, where we left off last Friday in Ezra chapter seven. When in Ezra chapter seven, we saw the hand of God in Ezra's life and God showed us or he revealed three ways, three ways. The first way in Ezra seven is that when his hand, when the hand of God is on your life, your needs will be met. Okay. The king had granted him everything he asked for. All right. The king capital K the second point, Ezra chapter seven That you will reach your destination. You may not reach it overnight. You may not reach it in a week. You may not reach it in a month. It may take years, but no, because the hand of God is on your life, you will reach it. And then for the third point was that God will give you courage to face kings and queens And people in authority as well as the courage 
to go in those dark places. Courage to do whatever he's called you to do because his hand is on your life. So in Ezra chapter eight this week, I'm going to read these two scriptures so we can see the hand of God. And again, three different scriptures, three times. And this is in Ezra eight. So it says, because the gracious hand of our God was on us, they brought us Sherebiah, a capable man. All right. That's the first. God wants us to know that because his hand is on our life, he will bring to us the people that are supposed to be in our lives. We can ask for what it is we who we need and who we want in our lives. But God will bring to us the people we need in our lives. The word said, because the hand of God was on us, they brought us Sherbia, a capable man. So God might bring you someone in your life who was good in finances. God might bring you someone in your life who is an intercessor. God might bring someone in your life who is a minister. God might bring you someone in your life who is always going to keep it real with you. The good, the bad, the ugly. God will bring in your life someone who will love you unconditionally and who will love you through it. God will bring someone in your life who will speak truth to you, even though they know you might not talk to them for a couple of days. They're still going to speak truth to you according to the word of God. That's the first point. The second point. Ezra said. The gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him. But his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this and he answered our prayer. When the hand of God is on your life, he will answer your prayers. He will answer your prayers. But just like we learned in chapter seven, there's always a little clause in that sometimes. So we learned in chapter seven that the hand of God was on Ezra's life. It said for Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law. So we see a glimpse into Ezra's character. He, he was a man committed to the devotion and observance of God's law. Ask yourself, are you committed to keeping the laws and decrees of the Lord? Again, doesn't mean you won't mess up. I confessed on yesterday. I messed up. But guess what? That doesn't mean I'm not committed to God. Are you committed? Now, in eight, it says, so we fasted and petitioned our God. Are you willing to go deeper are you willing to give up some things? Because that's what happens when you fast. When you fast, you give up some things. You said, I'm, I'm going to turn this plate away because instead of eating, I need to seek God. Are you willing to say, I'm, I'm really, really like 
every time I'm, I'm on my phone, I'm checking text messages, I'm on Twitter, I'm in Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm going to consecrate myself. And instead of spending all that time scrolling and hee-hawing and sending messages so people can get a good laugh, I'm going to use that time. I'm going to use that time to seek the Lord. There's a way on your iPhone where you can check how much time you spend online. I encourage you to check it and then ask yourself when, when we say, well, I just can't get my Bible in, but can you get your Facebook time in? Can you get your Instagram time in? For me, it's Twitter. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'll get my Twitter in anytime I can. And that's time that I could be spending with the Lord. But when the hand of God is on your life, no, no. And when you keep his name in your mouth, know that he will answer your prayer. This is confirmation from chapter seven that we can ask the king of kings and the Lord of lords anything. According to his word and he will answer. He will answer. God takes honor and glory in answering our prayers, especially when we have put his name in our mouth and told someone else. Because anytime you tell someone else what you are expecting God to do, you give God room to show up and show out. You give God room to show up and show out in your life when you say, I'm expecting God. <laughs> I'm petitioning God. I'm believing God. I'm seeking God. I'm standing on God's word that he is going to do this thing for him, for me. He's going to do this thing for my children. He's going to do this thing for my family. Whatever this thing is, when you open your mouth and you put it on God, you leave God room to work. Don't ever be ashamed of telling someone that you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ because this is the living word. And when you invoke the presence of God, when you say, God, this is on you. <laughs> oh, I just believe that God rises up. He sits up. I just believe that when God, watch, when the word of God says that he watches over his word to perform it, it says that his name is above all names. And I believe that when you speak the word of God, he, the angels stand at attention. Mm. I believe that when you speak the word of God over your family and over your children, the angels stand at attention. Why? Because God said that he would watch over his word to perform it. Just like the conductor is standing above everything else and he's looking at all the instrumentalists. God is looking at us and he's watching over his word. And when you speak God's word, hallelujah, the angels stand at attention Whew, what did the angel say to uh, Daniel? He said, Daniel, I heard you the first time you prayed. I was on my way. 
Because Daniel was petitioning God. He was speaking the word and the angel on the first day was on his way. But he got caught up. Hallelujah. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness, principalities, things in high places. But God has sent the angel on its way to go after that word. Keep speaking the word of God. No matter what, keep speaking God's word. Woo. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Okay. And then, so that's the second instance in Ezra 8. And then the last instance where the hand of our God was on us. And this is verse number, I got to bring it down. Verse number 31b, the B calls. The hand of our God was on us and he protected us from enemies and bandits along the way. I know there's. A lot of things going on in the world. A lot of things. You've got protests still happening. You've got different groups that are that are uh, against each other. Unfortunately, some are racially motivated. People are forced to or feel like they're not forced. They feel like they're they have to pick a side. That they've got to be, and I'm talking here in the U.S. I know I've got some listeners um, outside of the country and in the U.S. And and we see things even going on now in Nigeria with police brutality and the protests there. So it's not just the U.S., but our government officials. We see things happening at the government level. We see things happening in the neighborhoods. We see things happening everywhere you can't cut on the tv and not know that things are happening all over this world but as they were traveling as they were on their way to jerusalem ezra and these men these men that came with him the family heads the registered family heads that were connected to ezra they were connected to ezra And this is the thing we need to catch. Ezra chapter 7, we saw the hand of God on Ezra. Ezra chapter 8, the hand of God is on Ezra and the men that are connected to him. So know who you are connected to. Know who you are connected to. And that's why you can't be connected to everybody because everybody doesn't have God's hand on them. And know that it works in reverse. See, the men were blessed because they were connected to Ezra. They were protected because they were connected to Ezra. So if it happens for the good, best believe it can happen for the bad. You can be cursed because who you're connected to. You could have some bad financial situations because of who you're connected to. Your spirit man could be damaged because of who you're connected to. Your emotions, your mental, your peace could be disrupted because who you're connected to. So know who you're connected to. And back to this. The hand of our God was on us and he protected us from enemies and bandits along the way. 
Remember, it was the journey for Ezra. It didn't happen right away. But now he's, he's continuing the journey with the men, right? But because the hand of God was on them, God protected them. Not only from the enemies, not only from the people who just didn't like them, who maybe were, were going to try to kill them. Okay, who maybe were, were going to try to set up traps, the people who talk about you, the people who put their mouth on you, the people who smile in your face and who really don't like you. So they go in different circles and they defame your name. It's called defamation of character. They defame your name and, and say things about you that aren't true. But maybe even if they are true, they say things about you that maybe you are having trusted them with. Secret things. God protected them from enemies and bandits. There's a distinction between an enemy and a bandit. A bandit, in this case, was a robber or a thief. They didn't necessarily know Ezra and, and, and the men. They didn't necessarily have anything against Ezra. They just wanted to steal from Ezra. They just wanted to take from Ezra. They wanted to take what he had. And see, there's a lot of things and there's a lot of people out in this world. They don't know you per se. They don't know you personally. You know, they don't have uh, what I would say when people say, oh, it's not personal, meaning, hey, I don't I may not, I don't know you personally. Like, I really don't have any beef with you, so to speak. You've not done anything personally to me, but I just want what you have. I just want what you have. Um, I don't want to work for what you have. I don't want to pray for what you have. I don't want to. Seek God for what you have. I just want to take it. That's a bandit. But the word of God says that because his hand is on us, he will protect us from both enemies. Those people who knew, know us, despitefully use us, talk about us. We've entrusted our secrets to We've trusted them. God will not only protect us from them, but he will protect us from the people who want to, who, who just show up and say, uh, I just want your family. Uh, I just want your husband or your wife. Um, I just want your 